Good afternoon, everyone. This is Austin Smelly, the host of Beyond the Well. I have here with me. Hey, guys, this is Emmanuel. Thank you for having me on Beyond the Well. I'm very excited to talk about these topics. Yeah, man. Yeah, appreciate you coming back on. This will be a little bit different. We're actually going to be sharing some personal experience. He and I had the uh, pleasure or displeasure, sort of, in some <laughs> case, of uh, visiting a few temples through La Santa Muerte. I alluded to my interest in La Santa Muerte, the fact that I was studying her and where she comes from in the previous episode about ancestry with Paris Barraza. We actually had the chance to go ahead and visit a few temples in the Los Angeles area because that's where we're closest to. So just a little bit of background on why this matters to me personally, why I wanted to go and do some research on this topic. Uh, La Santa Muerte, I had been familiar with who she was. I grew up in a Hispanic household, although my family's from El Salvador there are elements of her in the culture and I was aware of who she was, but didn't really do any research. Like it really wasn't a topic that interested me a whole lot until I started doing some research in my ancestry, funny enough. And I uh, learned a little bit about my grandfather on my mom's side who died before I was born, like roughly four or five years before I was born. And when I tried to learn a little bit more about him, some details were kind of murky. What I did learn, however, was, me being someone who considers himself part of the left-hand path, I've done a lot of research with it throughout my life. The imagery of La Santa Muerte, what she represents, who she is, the saint of death, her ties to Catholicism. My grandfather was a Catholic. So naturally, I was like, okay, you know, Santa Muerte, she appeals to me. I appreciate her her message, her point, what she means to me. I was like, I want to do some more digging. I want to research this a little bit more. And the whole thought process behind that was if I can understand her a little bit more, I can understand myself and consequently my grandfather more. Might not be specifically what he practiced, but by learning more about his culture, I learned more about him and myself in turn. So did you have anything you wanted to add on that? What's your personal story with La Santa Muerte? Um, it's not that personal like yours. Um, I've heard it a couple of times here and there from my grandma, you know, just conversating with her and like, oh, you know, how, what have you seen in your dreams this time? What oh, will people appear? Uh, have you heard of this name before? And it's usually kind of very reluctant to respond or always a uh, heedance of like a warning or like, mm -hmm. be careful, you know, don't look for her, this, that. And I tend to get that a lot in my family where, you know, I find interest in these things and I want answers, not because I'm seeking an answer for myself, but I just want to know what, why is this so important and how does this affect me as a person? Mm -hmm. So really not that deep, more of like shallow interest mm -hmm. at the moment. I haven't created a well yet, just yet. <laughs> You're getting there. Yeah. That whole, like that, that was one of the things I was ref like alluding to, like she's my grandmother. Actually, I went to prayers, did an interview with them. You can catch that on the breezes website, by the way. Um, I went ahead and uh, interviewed prayers. I went to their show and I bought one of their shirts and one of their shirts had La Santa, a depiction of La Santa Muerte on it. And I, again, I knew who she was, but I didn't have a whole lot of background. I wasn't too sure. So it was just, you know, it was just a shirt to me at that point. And my grandmother, my Salvadorian grandmother saw it. She's like, she, I got, <laughs> I got that whole, you got to be careful. Yeah. I got that whole. Yeah, that, that same sort of aura. It's like, oh, that's spooky. Don't look into that. Naturally, me being who I am, like, mm -hmm. okay, you're telling me not to do that. I'm going to go ahead and do that thing. So that, that's how I wound up in the left-hand path in the first place. That's how yeah. I wound up researching all this stuff. But, yeah, this Hispanic heritage is funny, man. Yeah, Latin <laughs> American and, and uh, Hispanics are very superstitious but they don't like to admit it no, they don't like they to admit do not it. like to admit it i went yeah. ahead and gave some details on my grandmother's mother's superstitions in the last episode but 
Yeah, to kind of kind of get right back down to it. So the first place we visited, because I looked at a couple temples and just to, I'm going to make some references to the book by Tomas Prower. He wrote a book about La Santa Muerte and her magic and stuff like that. Very informative book. I recommend that to anybody who's interested in this topic. He's phenomenal perspective, really well researched and the best book I've read in the topic. So he listed in the back of the book a couple places in the L.A. area, really all over the United States. Thanks, Tomas. But uh, he went ahead and listed a few in L.A., and he referenced some in the book. So I was like, okay, I'll keep that in mind. So the first place that we went, he referenced, it's, it's just called Templo La Santa Muerte. It's pretty basic. And, uh, it's off of Melrose Street in Hollywood. And um, he referenced it in the book when he went to visit this place. <coughs> Ooh, excuse me. But when he went to go uh, visit this place, to just get some more information, just delve in a little bit. Um, <laughs> he encountered, he knocked on the door trying to get an answer. You know, he went there during the hours they were supposed to be open. And a man, raggedy looking man, looks like he had just woken up, addressed himself as the high priest. And he wanted to be addressed as such. And he was pretty rude and terse about the whole thing. So yeah. naturally, I'm like, okay, this might be a story. Let's go ahead and go visit this place. So what were your perceptions of the place just from the outside? I know finding parking was a little annoying, but, you know. Um, it felt very exclusive. So it felt, to me, that felt kind of inviting, the fact that it was a little hidden and not in plain sight of everything because I feel like those things aren't supposed to be in plain sight. Mm-hmm. You're supposed to look for it. It's supposed to be a journey to get there. And it definitely did feel like a journey. Even when we walked in, prior to walking in, I was like, all right, is this the place? I was questioning it. Yeah. Then I saw a really fat statue of La Santa Muerte with like all these things. I was like, all right, we're in the right place. Well, they, they even had like an altar out front like, yeah, with yeah. some herbs and stuff that they were burning. It was pretty wild. But Yeah. And I, I believe the, the lady kept coming in and out to like light instances, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Throughout the duration, we were probably there for what, like half an hour? Mm-hmm. We weren't there very long, but... Uh, uh, you know reasons for that in a minute but <laughs> yeah it was definitely a journey getting there at least from what i can remember i was trying to remember her name like the the woman that we spoke to i don't know if she's a priest or just the because sh- it was it wasn't really a temple it was more like a shop yeah i you know what i think that the the <sighs> temple aspect might have been somewhere else or kind of correlated to them but i think she was just there representing the face of that because i, I heard so her too. talking to somebody else in spanish of uh, something that she was going to do for the guy, but she couldn't do it. She was just going to arrange it, and she was going to wait for the priest You're to come right. in. You're right. Yeah. There was a, there was a gentleman that came in, and he had a picture of someone. We did, we didn't know who. He greeted us. He spoke just perfectly good English. You know, one of the things about La Santa Muerte, she's a Mexican folklore saint, and just like a lot of European traditions, if you don't appear to be a part of this this ethnic group, which is pretty common like the native americans are a lot of the same way too they're pretty exclusive when it comes to practicing their belief system which is totally understandable um european groups are as well in a lot of cases when it comes to heathenry and stuff like that like whether or not i agree with that perception of the uh, belief system (laughs) is kind of kind of irrelevant but that's just how a lot of these groups are so me being quite pasty um (laughs) i do i a whole portion of my family is uh like born in mexico like that's where they came from and i grew up in a hispanic family so i know a a hell of a lot more about hispanic heritage than i know about european heritage i had to dig all dig into all that myself but it's kind of hard to tell if you don't know me and if i don't speak to you about it so i was expecting a little bit of resistance maybe a little bit um because i don't speak spanish as well as i'd like to i can understand a lot of it but i can't speak it very fluently so the whole ex- exclusivity thing, we got vibes of that immediately when we, because it not only was the place hard to find, it was a small shop. 
I was getting weird looks from the woman behind the counter. And she seemed as if she didn't want to talk to me, which was a little off-putting. You know, I was just kind of walking around like you you asked me because you were my translator, basically. And yeah. I was, you said, do you have any questions? I was like, oh, I don't even know if I'm welcome to ask anything. And what was your perception of that? How did you think that I went? mean, I totally agree with you. I totally <laughs> felt the exclusivity the moment we walked in. But I think it was because we might have been a little bit unfamiliar. Mm-hmm. We were... To be honest, if you if you were to believe in that and fully invoke and invest, yeah. then you would understand that our 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 energy is completely different. Mm-hmm. We come from a different atmosphere. We come from the IE, which is different from LA and all the practices there. We tend to have a little bit more solitude. So when we walked yeah. in, we walked in with a really really strong presence. We did. We walked in like we knew what we were looking for, which we which we weren't too sure, but we knew we had a reason to be there. Mm-hmm. We knew we we wanted to go there and meet somebody. Yeah. Right. And I think that kind of reaffirmed when we started talking to the lady. And she showed a little bit of reluctancy when she was talking to you first, because I didn't I didn't get a chance to talk to her until after you engaged with her. Yeah. And even when I spoke to her in like a native tongue, like Spanish, um, she still was trying to pull away and she would she would talk to me directly. But then she'd like look to you, say something about you and then look back to me and then say something. And I was like, okay, so like you're you're enjoying this conversation. You're actually engaging. But it wasn't till towards the tail end of that conversation, which lasted like about five minutes where she started to pull away. She started to like literally walk away from me and I tried talking to her and talking to her. And I think it might have been that she didn't quite feel you right yeah. in there. Which is, it's funny because I think I'm referenced to you. It's like it felt like I was back in high school. Like I was mm-hmm. junior high. Like I was getting weird. I was just that, I was that weird kid up there. He's <laughs> like, that, what is he doing? That, that's what it felt like. I mean, it was pretty similar to, oh, I don't know if I trust this guy. Yeah. But which, which I understand. It's totally fine. And uh, it was a little... I felt kind of good about it. I was like, all right, I spooked someone out without having to do anything, but all right, cool. But yeah, she, um, she engaged with me. She actually started the dialogue. I think you had a little exchange with her and then she looked at me and I tried to, I asked her questions about, like I told a little backstory about why we were there and, uh, kind of the same spiel that I gave a little while ago. But, and then she, she looked at me, she's like, you, you seem lost or she said something along the lines of, she says that I was lost and I was like, I have an ability that I'm looking for, but I can't find it. That's why I was there. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, okay. You know, can you give me a little bit more than that? And she said, well, she referenced La Santa Muerte as being a symbol or a figure for, meant for protection. Like someone you invoke if you want protection from something, which is pretty common. That's something that was referenced in like Tomas Prober's book, the second temple that we visited. Um, that's a pretty common thing. And I was like, okay, can you expand on that? And she didn't want to. Like she just kind of, she said, well, you, you should come on Saturday. We have events. You'll learn more there. I was like, okay, all right, cool. So I kind of backed off at that point. That's when you ended up taking over the conversation. Yeah. And it, it seemed like at first I asked her like, oh, so what do you, th- what do you think about him? I asked, I asked about you right away. Cause mm-hmm. you kind of gave off that. Vibe. I was like, all right, I'm curious now. Why are you, why are you scared of this guy? He's not scary at all. And she said that you seem to have a little bit more desire to find something when it shouldn't be found. And that's what, kind of what I took from it. Also, how you kind of had this like energy around you that was not benevolent, benevolent, but it was very, it was very, uh, how do you say? It was very fermented, I would say. Because like she, she would, she would say that, uh, well, she wouldn't say it. She, she seemed like she was very reluctant to talk to you. She was very mm-hmm. reluctant to even discuss or look at you in the eyes, right? And I've noticed that something sometimes in like these practice faiths, when you look at somebody in the eyes, they're a window to the soul. The soul. Right. Yeah, so you'll exactly. sense and you'll feel more than what you should. And you'll feel like you're intruding. But when I was talking to her about me, I asked her, well, I'm here for because I'm curious. I'm here because 
I want to look for this and I've, I was introduced to it. So why not? Why not expand my knowledge of my own culture? Yeah. And she said, and this kind of stood out to me weird. She said that I had a bit of like, uh, I had an occult to me in, in Spanish. Mm-hmm. I had an occulto to me. So meaning like, or something like that, where she says I had this natural draw to it. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what it meant until I went home that day and asked my grandma. I was like, oh yeah, you know, I went to these places just to check them out because I was curious. And she, and I told her that I had this, this interaction with this lady. And I told her that exact moment. And she said that that meant that you're just very curious. You want answers and that you have this natural uh, thing about you or ability that draws things to you. You're a person who just draws people naturally and draws those things. So it was, it was, that's why it was very easy for her to talk to me. But I think once you realize that, that I had this ability to just draw people in and kind of not drain their energy or, but kind of like pull information out and like get to know why, because that's the ultimate reason. I think that's why she started pulling back. And it made sense to me, not then and there or that day at all, but till I got home and I discussed with my grandma. That That's excellent. Yeah. I, I absolutely do think that that might've been the case. There are certain people, and I've kind of experienced this a little bit myself. When I befriend someone or I meet someone new, it doesn't usually take long before they start revealing information to me. And it's not even necessarily that I'm asking for this information. Yeah, or malicious in a way. Yeah, yeah it's not. And, and it can come, like, and I'm not coming into the conversation or this friendship or relationship with any malevolent intent but it just sort of happens like if if i start talking to you a little bit sometimes like you mentioned the eyes were a window to the soul sometimes they look into your eyes and they see themselves and that tends to freak people out a little bit and it's easier to relate to someone that has a lot in common with you Mm -hmm. that ability to just by looking at someone they're pulled in just by looking at someone there's a sense of security or a sense of fear like i conveyed like if i if i really wish she would have given me more information on why she was just kind of apprehensive about it because i would like to know Mm -hmm. because i've been told that before it's like i've been told that i have have an aggressive aura about me which is true absolutely true (laughs) i i do i do absolutely and um it's not always pretty it's not always pretty if she was afraid of it, I would have loved to know why. Like, it's yeah. just that, that whole thing. Do you think thing. it, it kind of scared her that you had this much pull to you about it? Because as soon as you walked in, you your presence demanded attention. Yeah. Not because you, you walked in with that style or that, that swagger, but just your just the way you hold yourself, the mm-hmm. way your spiritual aura is. Because yeah. you have a very strong spiritual aura. You've traversed multiple paths, but you've still remained the same. Thank you. As, you know as, I mean? as do you. I think Thank there's you. a reason why we clicked as soon as we did. Because I'm... <laughs> I'm a pretty quiet dude. You're very much in the back, headphones on, doing your thing. And yeah. uh, But you, you have some experience in this area, so you know the cues to pick up on when you're speaking to someone to draw out information. And uh, it's it's an ability. Not everybody has that. And there's a reason why people that do have it, especially people who are more inclined to the spiritual side of life or just more perceptive when it comes to energy that people give off, they pick up on it immediately. Mm-hmm especially if they're veterans like that woman was like I, she, yeah she was pretty clear she knew what she was doing <laughs> she was seasoned bro <laughs> so she was seasoned yeah throw some salt on there yeah. but yeah she's uh she's definitely she's definitely seasoned she knew what she was doing but uh so that that whole instance that whole experience was something it was it was odd it kind of it didn't leave a bad taste in my mouth but it did get me thinking almost the whole day and it, yeah. it got me thinking of like oh wow she can pick up on that and it was even weird when we left because we were just walking around like just like that was just so bizarre yeah we didn't leave right away no we didn't leave right away even after we left we just went and walked around for a little while and it was just we were just kind of taking it in because we Mm -hmm. didn't really know what to 
I was like, that was just bizarre. I haven't had anything like that happen in a long time. But, you know, that thankfully, that went ahead and dissipated a little bit when we visited the second place. Yeah, Which definitely. was another temple to La Santa Muerte. Not too far away. It was like five miles away. Maybe more. I don't know. It was the traffic is so difficult to really perceive <laughs> out there. But that one was a lot more like the first one was hidden. This one was even more hidden because it was mm-hmm. in a shopping center. It's like it was a, it's like, oh, let's go to Subway and then the Temple of Santa Muerte and then go to walk. Like, yeah. Yeah. It was it was weird because like, it was in this little shopping center and it was kind of hard to see. Like I, I was following my GPS. I thought I missed it. And I was like, oh, no, it's next to Wabba Girl. <laughs> I was like, yeah. that's so we went ahead and found parking there. I feel like it was done on purpose, though, because it, it maybe it it. it, it it's very contradictory because of how hidden it was, but how uh, busy the streets were. Yeah. Th- that was, those were major streets. Those were very major streets. We're yeah. right next to Hollywood. Yeah. So, I mean, it was that one. I liked that one a lot more. And the priestess that was there honk around her heels. Clop, 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 clop. Yeah. She was uh, that that temple was a lot more inviting, a lot more peaceful. And it was an actual temple. I mean, yeah. there were so many effigies and depictions of Santa Muerte all over all over this place and uh, there were a bunch of symbol like a lot of symbology when it comes to pagans or even just folklore like a lot of pagan figures are it's very symbolic by nature because back in the day when these figures and these myths like myths were created people couldn't read so they used symbols to like to, to convey their point you saw you see that very much in the ancient egyptians and their hieroglyphs and what have you so it was very evident from the start. Like we walked in and we saw these statues with cigarettes as offerings, alcohol, uh, to go back to Tomas Prower, uh, the purpose of these two things being like primarily cigarettes and alcohol. It's like sharing a cigarette with a friend or having a drink with a friend because Santa Muerte is supposed to be a friend or like a kind of a, a guide and like a guiding spirit, not so much a, a God that you worship or pray to. But uh, more like a friend and a kind spirit. So how, how did you, because I remember when we walked in, there were a couple people, but there were chairs in there, like people walking around lighting candles and stuff. But you sat down, which yeah. I thought was interesting. I, I just kept walking around looking at stuff and I sat down later. Mm-hmm. But why'd you do that? It just felt very peaceful. I think the about the second one that I enjoyed the most was the fact that as soon as you walked, it demanded your full attention, mm-hmm. not in a negative way of like, hey, worship me, worship me, but bask in my glory bask in this presence that you're in you came mm-hmm. here for a reason you were drawn here yep. and i thought i that's why i made the point of the contradiction of where it's placed in the area around it it's because of how much it felt comfortable there was a lot of traffic outside not enough traffic in there like you said it was a handful of people but the handful of people there i didn't feel uncomfortable their purpose was to be there their mm-hmm. purpose was to be around me their purpose was me to be around them and the spot that i chose was very interesting because it was in front of them but it was kind of off to the right and it's because there's this one statue that I really liked the most. It was it was a gold-plated uh, Santa Muerte with an owl at the bottom with emerald eyes. Yep. And that's what caught my attention. It it, it was almost like I stared at, I stared at it for about half an hour to an hour, just staring at it and like blanking out. But I could see I could feel like we were having a connection. I could feel like I was almost talking to this person. I was having a conversation in my head with this person. Yep. You know it it draw to me that maybe I'm not supposed to walk around. Maybe mm-hmm. I'm just supposed to sit. Because since it was my very first initial time going to a place as official like that versus reading it, the feel was definitely different. It's a different experience yeah. for sure. And I, I definitely had to soak it in. Yeah. It was a lot for me to soak in because mm. I sat there and I just kept thinking and it it felt, and the funny thing is it was hot outside, but it was it, nice and it cozy was nice inside. In there. Yeah. It was really nice in there. There were, I think there were three people there 
outside. Like there was the priestess, and then there were the three other people there. Priest, priestess, uh, Cielo. I got. To, I had the opportunity to speak for with her very briefly. She appeared to be very stressed out and very busy. Like right when we walked in there, we walked around for a little bit. We sat down, and there was a room to the right of us. There were a series of rooms all around the place, like the doors with shut and everything, and there mm-hmm. were signs up saying "Don't go through here." Like, don't you need to stay out of these rooms? And there were. Uh, I, I wish I had knew exactly what was going on in there. I have an idea, but um, people were walking in there, lighting candles and. Candle work is a very prominent way that uh, devotees of La Santa Muerte, yeah, yeah, devotees of La Santa Muerte use candles uh, to cast spells, to petition, to do all kinds of things. Because using a candle is just so easy to do. You use the candle, you visualize, you meditate with it, you learn every detail of this candle, and you, you use the candle to soak in your intention. You petition La Santa Muerte with it. When the candle burns, it releases into the air the energy that you put into it, therefore causing whatever it is that you wanted to manifest to manifest. So there were a series, they had a whole box of La Santa Muerte candles, like Holy Death at the bottom, most of them being red, because that's a pretty common one, uh, red being symbolic of love. And it, it was just a very, very peaceful environment, very peaceful, very dead silent too. Yeah. Aside from the clop, clop, clop of the priestess's heels. <laughs> the people walking but around. There were definitely a lot of, like, there was, you walk in, and there was that main seating room. And in the back, there was all the giant depiction of the Santa Muerte, like a seven, eight-foot-tall statue. And then there were a bunch of little ones in front of that. Like, that was, like, the main altar. And then there were the seats on the side, little alleyway in the middle. And then to the right, that's where I got caught up. Because you went and sat down, like, up in the front. And you had that interaction with the the owl, owl and the emerald eyes and everything. I came in and I went to the right, and there was a series of other Santa Muerte depictions and stuff like that. And I just I stopped in there for a second because my head was still reeling. Like, okay, we had a weird experience at the first one. Let's see how yeah. the second one goes. So it, it was definitely a lot better. I like that portion of the uh, area. Like there was a Santa Muerte statue, just black hood. It was pretty pretty basic looking the scythe and the whole nine yards and i was just standing there i was like i this is this is why i came here it's like i'm feeling it now the first one was a bit of a trip up i kind of knew it was a risk going there because of the story that tomas detailed in his book but i'm glad we were there i'm really glad that we were there I, i'm glad i'm honestly glad we went to the first one because it was, it was a precursor of what to mm-hmm. expect from it um like we were talking about earlier like the perceptions of the faith is different to everyone so it was nice seeing that their perception was a little bit more superstitious while the second one was a little bit more inviting and a little bit more seeking to understand because mm-hmm. it wasn't you weren't placed in front of people talking about it you just sat there and absorbed and i don't think i don't think that many places really focus on that they don't focus on the self-reflection of what you're praising or who you're worshiping mm-hmm. they don't do that at all and the fact that this place gave it and the fact that random people could be in a room without feeling uncomfortable what more could you ask for yeah right I, I'm, I'm really happy we went to the first one just because it was just the fact that it left us with this just this silence kind of among you and i we were walking we just there's we we're just again we we're taking it in we're like that was so bizarre like what then we went ahead and went to the second one. Even after we left the first one, I'm like, is this, is that all going to be like this? Like, is, is <laughs> I was like, whatever. We'll, we'll give it a shot. Shops. But it was almost immediate. Like, I, we found parking. We we're cracking a couple jokes, walked in, 
mindsets changed, like just completely changed. Yeah. Here we go. It's different. And it was so much more peaceful than I anticipated it being because I grew up and I went to like there were a lot of Catholic imagery naturally, Santa meaning saint or female saint in this in this instance, but a lot of Catholic imagery involved with La Santa Muerte and her devotees and what she's used to represent, like what represents her. So I wasn't really surprised by any of that, but it still felt a little bit foreign to me, a little bit. And yeah. that was, I felt as if that was impeding the experience a little bit for me. If I were more familiar with it, it would have been different, but I went to Calvary Chapel, dude. <laughs> like I didn't quite have the same experience. I mean, I went to Abundant Living, a couple of churches out here, which are kind of more branch churches. They're not super detailed, a little more plain. Catholicisms were all the giant candles and massive statues and golden cathedrals and all that other fun stuff. But it would have been a little more, I think, inv- it would have been a little more comfortable of an environment for me if I were f- more familiar with it, I think. Really? Yeah. See, I'm familiar with it in a very negative spotlight. I was told that it's something I should not seek and I should be careful with. So therefore, that being placed in my head, I wish I did not hear that uh, because my experience was different. My experience was very tranquil. It was very reflective, and I don't see the negative aspects of it. I think if you fully respect that this Santa Muerte for who she is and just as a buddy instead of somebody you place all your faith in because that's not what she is, then I think you're going to have a good experience. I think that's why she tends to get a negative spotlight is because people don't understand how she actually works. She works as a friend, a companion, somebody you to conversate with. If you're a person of faith, you you should be very familiar with that conversations with whoever you believe in so why can't you have a conversation with this person right if it's like i think we were talking about this that day where a reoccurring theme in all religion or all faiths is death right yeah well that's usually seen as the necessary step and we we reference abrahamic faiths a lot because in america and largely around the world that's what gains prominence they're the ones that are in charge of most most things and the common theme being submission and that's kind of the opposite when it comes to La Santa Muerte because a lot of her devotees are on the fringes of society. People who weren't accepted in regular churches, people who weren't allowed even to regular churches because you're a part of the LGBTQ community or you're a narcos, you're a drug dealer, or you're naturally when we're close to death. One of my favorite quotes, uh, I forget who it's from. It's, probably, it's from a TV show. It's from Vikings. But there was a there was a quote in the show. It was from Floki. And they were right about to go into battle. And someone made a comment about like oh I, I might die in this battle and floki says the space between life and death is where one feels most alive and that's one of the reasons why people are drawn to la santa muerte because she is symbolic of death and she's a, she's a chaperone once you pass on she guides you to whatever afterlife that you're going to or what you believe in so when someone's close to death and they're like it's a genuine fear like it's right there right in front of you Naturally, you're gonna go to the one that oh, I hope I hope I get in good with the saint of death real quick. Yeah. I might be seeing her in a minute. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was definitely interesting. It was uh, her, her devotees too, because Santa Muerte, like we were talking about a little bit a little bit ago, it's still viewed in such a negative light. Much how Satanists are now, it's a l- it's changing definitely. La Santa Muerte devo- like devotees are skyrocketing the number of them in America and in Mexico. So that'll probably change in the next 10, 10 or so years. But uh, so, yeah, her her devotee ship is skyrocketing. And I'm definitely sure we'll see some improvements in how they're perceived. Because yeah. places like that, like they might not have to be so hidden away. People won't have to drive past them and say, oh, spooky, spooky. Yeah. But like a lot of religious systems, especially Christianity and Catholicism that condemn 
systems like or devoteeship of people like the Santa Muerte or systems like Satanism or much of the left-hand path, that will dissipate once that stigma starts to fall away a little bit. Once that happens, the gates will open up a little bit more. Yeah. You'll be okay with, like a lot of Santa Muerte devotees are, they don't talk about it. They keep it hush-hush. Like if, if I don't know you, if I don't know that you're cool or if you're friends with this or that church leader or whoever, I'm not telling you nothing because mm-hmm. they're afraid of what might happen. And that sucks because we're we're closing ourselves off from knowledge. This is knowledge. If, exactly. Even if you don't believe in it, there's things in it that are going to make sense. There's things. It's it's like it's that one saying somebody can tell you something a million times, but another person can tell you once and it will make sense. Mm-hmm. Right. Just, it might just depend on who it's coming from mm-hmm. and what the message is behind saying it. Now, ultimately, I think you, you brought up a great point here to kind of close this out. I think the what I was looking for, because the first woman was saying, like, what she was questioning my intention. Like, what yeah. was I doing there? And you hit the nail on the head. Experience. That's it. Experience. Whether or not this is something I devote my life to, which was a consideration, it could happen. But I wanted the experience. I wanted to soak in the atmosphere. I wanted to get those weird looks. I wanted to get those looks of approval. Like even speaking to uh, Priestess Cielo, she's just ah, nice to meet you. She's she exclaimed her primary goal is helping people, which is what most religious systems. You ask someone in any religious system, that's usually at the top of their list in terms of priorities, helping people. And it's I'm of the belief that if you can't help yourself, you can't help other people. And I help myself by experiencing new things, by being in new environments, making myself uncomfortable. That's what I thrive off of. You got any closing words for that? Uh, I agree with you 100%. If it weren't for this experience that you gave me, because I remember you asked me if I wanted to go, and normally I don't do these type of things, but it definitely was eye-opening. It was very, I was very receptive to the environment, and I tried to be on my A-game of what I was looking at, how I perceived it, because I wanted to make sure that my experience was something I remembered. And it definitely was. It was something that I talked to people about. I talked to my grandma about it, even though her words of caution um she still likes to hear it you mm-hmm. know she still likes to hear what my experience is and i always reaffirm her it's like i'm not going because i believe that this is a new god or this is a person that deserves my worship i'm going because a lot of people are talking about it it's in our culture so why not understand it and then decide what i want to do with that information and i think going back to it it's like yeah i'm in it for the experience knowledge is power mm-hmm. how we use that knowledge i think is 50 50 it comes down to the person it's it's absolutely 100% contingent upon what you do with that knowledge. And we ended off our day visiting some Scientologist friends of mine. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, sneak preview future episode there. But, uh, yeah, you know when you come around the road with me, you're going to have an adventure. And it's going to be something you wouldn't see otherwise. <laughs> yeah. So I thank you for coming along with me. And I thank you for talking with me about it right here. Thank you so much for having me and inviting me. Definitely eye-opening experience spiritually. Absolutely. This has been episode three. We talked about our experiences with uh, La Santa Muerte, these temples that we visited. They had the pleasure of visiting and the displeasure as well. So, <laughs> again, this is Austin Smelly, your host. We just don't talk about these things enough, and I am very happy that you came on. Thank you, Emmanuel. Thank you so much. This is Emmanuel. Catch me on Twitter, Instagram. You already got, you already got in the beginning. Thank you so much for having me again. Absolutely. Thank you.